Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. How are you, Alyssa? I'm great. It is uh, the long weekend, uh, heading into long weekend, and I am leaving in a few hours to head to BC for the long weekend. So this is a nice break um, from just the madness of all things that this summer in particular has been here in Calgary. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. I uh, I got my second vax finally. I was really nervous about getting it because everybody tells me you're going to be like knocked on your buns. And I definitely have not felt awesome the last couple of days. I've been like working from bed. I have this nasty bruise. I, I still have my <laughs> second vax injection bruise. And my second vax was like two months ago. And it still is, I still have like an injection site um, discoloration bruise there. Oh so, my god, so that's weird. nice too, and it's still sore. So I don't know, maybe I'm one of the um, great uh, weird ones. I'm excited to always... double back. So it, was not, it wasn't something that I didn't want to do. Obviously, I like you know I'm I'm all for the vaccine, of course. But I um, but I love those people that choose not to get it as well. Like love all your friends, honestly, people. Let's not be mean here. Um, but yeah, I, I will admit it's still a little creepy and scary, and we don't really know right like what's what could happen with the, with the vax, but it's definitely better than the alternative. And I feel better having gotten it. I, I definitely yeah. safer. So I'd say a few billion people are a pretty good test case. And considering a few billion people have had it, um, I think we're pretty good. I think we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just not like bruising and stuff. And like, my I know. It was swollen up. Like I do have to say though, like if you, I have found that people like I get the flu shot every year, and I had zero reaction to either of the back shots, the COVID shots. And I think people who get, and my parents were the same, even though they're seniors, they yeah. get the flu shot every year, and they had no reaction either. And I think there's something to be said about like if you get the flu shot every year, because it's a variant of the same flu yeah. shot that you would be getting in some capacity that. I had zero reaction on. I don't get the flu shot because I get sick every time I get it. Anyway, um, Alyssa has some great news for you guys. We have an amazing guest today, and I'm going to let Alyssa introduce her because uh, they've known each other for a while. So, Alyssa, tell us who's on the cast today. Yeah, so she's been. Uh, we were going to rant about something else, but now we're just going to move forward because we realized that instead of like ending on a bad note, let's just um, get. Yeah, yeah, we were going to. We were going to. Yeah. But let's just move forward, Kristen, because she's awesome. And there's no point in getting all worked up about stuff today because we'll probably come up in the conversation. But um, Kristen Dick from Avro Creative is our guest today. And I've known Kristen for a few years because we sit on the board of IABC Calgary together. But her company as Avro Creative is really interesting because she focuses on personal branding where she works with women, particularly that's her clientele, which is awesome. Um, to help women exude confidence and overcome imposter syndrome, which I think we all struggle with, and help them stand out so that they can make a bigger impact in their work, make career advancements, maybe become an entrepreneur, all those awesome things. So welcome, Kristen, to Ladies Who Launch. This. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. I'm double vaxxed too. <laughs> Feeling good. 
like all the team, all the teamwork, go team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we could have ranted about that this morning and like uh, the protests at hospitals, but we're not going to do that either. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we were and then I think we just made a last minute decision that it's <laughs> we're just like, maybe we won't go down that road. Anyway. Um, I'm excited to have you. Cause as I said, I've known you a few years and I find your story of your progression into starting Avro really interesting and how you've even now pivoted Avro into a different realm, sort of more in the STEM world than maybe you were before. But tell us a little bit about what led you to start Avro because I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was um, I started Avro five years ago now. And um, prior to that, I was a communications advisor. So my background is in communications, marketing, and brand. That's how Alyssa and I know each other, of course. And I think originally I started following you on Twitter, Alyssa. And I was like, I think we have some some alignments there. Yeah, yeah. Do your best work on Twitter. Yeah, do my best work on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Not many people can say that. I know. I love your channel on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was a communications advisor. I was working at one of Canada's largest nonprofit organizations here in Calgary. And uh, I was one of those people that kind of thought the work world was a meritocracy. And I think a lot of women think that uh, as well, whether you're in nonprofit, corporate, wherever. And you think that, you know, you're going to work really hard and you'll be rewarded for that good work that you do and that hard work that you do. And so that's what I dedicated myself toward. And then I started to look around and realize I'm seeing other people advance and get to do cool opportunities, get to um, grow their careers. And I was like, wow, I guess I'm not working hard enough. So I was working like all the hours and um, you know, getting good feedback on the work that I was doing with the few people that I was working with. And then uh, the role of manager came up. So I was like, I got to apply for this. So I did. And like really quickly, I got to know. And I didn't get feedback for why. And I just accepted that. And, uh, you know, so many mistakes being made that you're already hearing. And then shortly after a new VP joined the company, she became my boss. And I was like, I'm going to get to know her. Her office is right next to mine. So I made a point to get to know her a little bit. And she came to me one day because I had told her I applied for the job, didn't get it. She came back one day after she had gotten to know the organization uh, a little bit better. It had been a few months. And she came into my office and I remember her closing the door behind her. And you know, when someone oh, does yeah. that, you're like, what Bad things will happen? happen? <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of already bracing myself. And she goes, yeah, so Kristen, I know why you didn't get the job. And I was like, okay why you know like this is the moment this is what I've been waiting for and she goes Kristen you do great work but no one knows who you are and I was like what what are you talking about no one knows who I am like I've been here for years and she's like no one knows you like you kind of just stick to yourself you do the work that you do you have your kind of immediate stakeholders and like that's it And I realized in that moment, something needed to change if I wanted to make a bigger impact, if I wanted to do more and do, you know, get on and involved with these cool projects, something had to change and I had to become known. And something else really like clicked for me then that it wasn't just about being known, like being popular or just um, 
you know, this sort of like vanity exercise of like, I want people to know who I am. It was about people need to know me to trust that I can do the job. And that's what it became about. So then I really started to scale back on the work and focus more on the relationships and building that trust with people. And things really changed for me from there. Um, I became the manager of communications. Um, I was then later asked by the president to be her communications advisor. So I reported in directly to her. And I was sitting in her corner office one day going, wasn't too long ago that I was told, no, you do great work. No one knows who you are. And now I've been handpicked by the president. Like, what, what was this journey that I've been on? And I always admired that I was lucky enough to have these female bosses and have you know, really strong female leadership and thinking like, we need more of this. Um, and now it's helping her, you know, elevate her brand and her communication, you know, in the city and across Canada. And I was like, there's something here. And I was sort of just tucking it away. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go off on my own and do, um, and do this. I'm going to, I launched Avro. I didn't really know what it was going to look like. Um, but I knew that I wanted to create something that would help us realize this vision I have of being able to bring your whole self to work and having more diverse leadership in all areas. And, uh, and I've been really lucky to be able to do that. I, you know, stumbled along the way and, but I created my own signature process to do that. And, uh, recently I have been working with a lot of women in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. And uh, I've learned a lot about the unique challenges that they face in there. So in engineering, for example, they fixed what they call the pipeline problem. They, they're attracting women and girls to the field of engineering. But the majority of them enter the field, they get their degrees, they start, and they leave. So we look at why are they leaving, but we need female engineers. And uh, we were talking about a rant this morning and what we could potentially rant about and, you know, women's rights in Texas, that's considered Alberta's sort of like sister state or sister, sister city, I think is Austin or Houston. And, and, um, you know, rights are being stripped away and it comes from a lack of diversity in the leadership in that state, in that government. And, uh, and so women are speaking out about it. We need, we need like to hear those, our voices heard, but we also need our male counterparts to recognize this is a big problem and, and speak up too. So, so I believe that so many of the problems we face as a society today can be solved by having better leadership by having more diversity in leadership. And I think about what would, what wouldn't we be dealing with right now if we had that already? It's not like we would have no problems, but certainly you look at the contributions that women have made in such difficult, difficult circumstances. Um, it's incredible. But what would the world look like if those barriers were not in place for women and for women of color? So... So that's, you know, my, uh, my wow. backstory for uh, Avro. So, I mean, it's, as I said, I mean, I, I know Kristen and I've heard this story and it, it doesn't get old ever when she tells how this all started because 
I mean, I've never, I mean, I've never been in a position of being told that no one knows you at work, but I have been in the position to have, to have seen people getting promoted and advanced over me who were less experienced and less educated and usually like the son of a VP or the son of the mayor or, or something. <laughs> um, we've all been there as women to see that. But you mentioned, as you were talking about this, your the process you created. Now, without sort of revealing your Avro secrets, because we don't want, but tell us a little bit about what the process you created for yourself that you now work with other women on. Because I find that interesting that you had the wherewithal to take that criticism and and positivize it by creating a system where you were able to figure out what you needed to do to advance. And then now you've, you've been able to, to take that and help other women. So what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was doing it, I was sort of my own first test subject or guinea pig, and it was really clunky. <laughs> it was sort of like trial by fire and um, kind of figuring things out. I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time. I wouldn't have called it personal branding um, back then, but that is what I was doing. And so after that, you know, as I said, I was reflecting, you know, a couple of years later after I had my career had advanced and, um, I also have, you know, my background, which is in marketing communications and brand. And I realized I could see the parallels between the two. And that's sort of where my process was 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 born because I I had lived it, but I also had that um, that the the background that was grounded in more more research uh, and a little bit of academia, I guess. So I could say this works. I'm not uh, an outlier here. This can be replicated. Uh, it's been replicated for businesses and for business brands. And so it just needs to be adapted for personal brands. And so, you know, I, you know, Dakota and Alyssa, you do similar work, right? You, you do work in marketing and communications. Uh, and so it's, it's probably looks similar to what you do, but it's that adaptation to people. So it's understanding, you know, where you are right now and looking critically at that. And looking at, you know, maybe some gaps that you have in terms of how you see yourself and how other people see yourself. And I do a feedback survey so that we can actually make sure that that's right. It's not just a guess. Um, And understanding what your goals are for the short-term and long-term. So we want some short-term goals. We want to be able to get things moving and see some results soon. But also, what's the big vision that you have for your career? What are we building towards that we want to... Um, take account for right now. And then with brands, so much of it has to do with positioning. Where are you positioned in the market? What makes you different? What makes you unique? And it's about standing up and owning that and being able to articulate that really, really clearly. One of the other things that's uh, a, a big part of my process is what I've dubbed as the three C's of of personal branding and their clarity, consistency, and constancy. And you've probably heard them before. Um, but clarity is just you know, knowing who you are and being able to clearly articulate that in a way that makes sense to other people. Not you, but other people. Because your personal brand right. is really not that much about you. It's about your people. It's about your audience. And that, I think, is one of the biggest misconceptions about it. And then the second C is consistency. And it's about 
consistently showing up in all the different places and spaces. So we look at, um, you know, you have so many different communication channels, right? So maybe it, you're on, you've got your social media channels, you show up at a, a board meeting or a volunteer group that you're with, then you work somewhere. You want to make sure that you're uh, that you're sharing the same messages about yourself in, in all those places because there's going to be some overlap, right? And if someone sees a, an inconsistent message or sees something inconsistent, it doesn't do anything to, to build on that trust. It will often, um, and sometimes your audience won't realize it, but they'll they'll see a, a misalignment, and then they'll be like, "Something's off about that person." I, you know, your 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 um, spidey senses are kind of tingling a little bit. It's sort of like Alyssa, like we got to know each other on Twitter, right? <laughs> and I think <laughs> like getting to know you on Twitter and then getting to know you in person was a seamless process. Whereas if I got to know you on Twitter. And then met you in person and you were different, I'd be like, oh, like something's off there. It's like <laughs> off putting it away. Right. And and it doesn't mean that whatever you're how you're presenting yourself on you know, whatever platform is right or wrong. It's just figure out what makes you you and how to communicate that in all these different places. And it 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 builds trust with people. And now the last C is constancy. So it's about that frequency. It's you got to show up time and time again and relay that message. And so you said you've heard my story a number of times and I've shared it so many times. <laughs> I've shared my personal brand statement so many times. Um, and I share it every single time I speak or you know do a, uh, an Instagram Live or a LinkedIn Live or something like that because... It, it puts people at ease. They feel that sense of trust. And um, so those three C's are, are, are a pretty important part of that process. And they're infused through, throughout it. That is so cool, Kristen, because everything I do with my company, which is social media management and digital advertising, starts with brand. And the three C's that you just went through are something I teach my clients as well. Mm -hmm. um, and like, man, a lot of us, including me, could really use your help. <laughs> but we get lost in the weeds, right? And not everybody, whether they um, are doing it intentionally or not, knows how to show up authentically. Sometimes people are scared to do it. And I would say 90% of my clients hate the idea of going on to Instagram, for example, and doing video. So part mm -hmm. of what I coach them through is like, well, how can we represent your brand story? Um, or make you a spokesperson on social media in a way that makes you comfortable, but also authentically showcases who you are and who your brand is. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing that because it's so in line with the work that that I do too. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. interesting. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I, it is interesting coaching people to to put themselves on video and put themselves out there. It's it's uh. It's definitely a challenge. I know it's a challenge for me personally. And I look back on some of the videos that I was doing, you know, two or three years ago and you cringe, but that's how you improve and get better and um, really, you know, hone in on, on your voice and, and what you're all about. It's just that just starting piece. That's how I feel about my writing projects. I look back at like some of my, my writing, like my press releases and my blogs from like eight years ago. And I'm like, oh, 
God. What's he doing? (laughs) But it is, I mean, I think even as business owners, because I mean, Dakota and I talk about this a lot too, and you, you probably even find it as a business owner now different from being an employee is that we are so busy trying to do these things for the people that hire us that we lose the sense of doing it for ourselves. So even as business owners, we lack a personal sort of identity brand. And I mean, I appreciate the compliment in the, in the fact that like who I am digitally or in the social world is who I am in person. I mean, I think more like it's a, something I've worked towards too, that I don't try to be someone else um, that I'm not in, in different capacities, but I struggle as a business owner. Like what, like, what is this business? What do, what do I want? Like I'm going through all that now. And I mean, especially through COVID and I think um, in your bio, when you talk about imposter syndrome, I am like massively going through that right now because COVID I think has created this lack of confidence that I have right now, because of course everything cratered and especially as I work in tourism and culture for the most part. And I'm like in six years that I've run this business, suddenly I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And like, who am I? And because I haven't spent the last six years building up me as this business, I'm sort of now having to learn that. And I think there's probably a lot of women in particular, because we've, we as women have been hit so hard by um, the, the pandemic more than men have, that whether you're a business owner or an employee, suddenly your confidence is gone. Cause it's like, what I was doing before wasn't working. And now I'm like having to rethink what, what I am and what my business is or what my career is. It's so, it's like caused this massive, like, um, I feel like I'm having a pre midlife crisis or like, I feel like I'm 25 (laughs) again and second guessing everything I do. Mm. Anyway, that's my, that's my story for today. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You're not alone in that either, Alyssa. Yeah, I definitely went through that this year too. There were many times where I was like, I don't even know, just struggling to figure out like why other people and not me or why me and not other people or like mostly we we did really well over the last 18 months, which was great. So like, I, I honestly struggled with feeling really bad about it. And then also being overwhelmed because I took on way too much and I was like helping a lot of clients like pro bono in some cases, just trying to get everybody through everything. Um, and then just feeling overwhelmed and spread too thin. And then like some of some gaps were appearing in my business around things that we weren't doing as efficiently as we could. And I was like, who are you to run a business? Like mostly I was having um, imposter syndrome around I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I know how to do my craft. Like how do I implement processes and all, yes. all this goes well? Uh, but I've done that. Why isn't it working? And then um, coming to the realization too, that like for me in particular, subcontractors just aren't a thing. And I need, I needed like a full-time employee on my core team. Mm. Um, yeah. Like just crazy things. And I'm still struggling to get back out onto Instagram. I honestly have been pretty dormant, which is really not great for a social media company, but I'll tell you why. And it's because I still don't feel confident enough to jump onto my video and start talking to people. And my motto is always, if you don't have something to say that's valuable to your audience, don't do it at all. So as much as we've like not done a ton on social for ourselves lately, I've just been kind of focusing on getting through 
this rut. And then as soon as I feel confident enough to get back onto social, I will. And I'm going to force myself to do it soon. But I'm going to come at it very authentically. Um, Like I really want to do a big series around... This is what I personally went through with the pandemic. I was experiencing depression. I was experiencing burnout. And I want to be really real with my followers. And a lot of the time, it's probably not even going to have anything to do with social. It's going to be a lot about owning a business um, and identifying with with them. Because I, I, I'm followed by a lot of small businesses on Instagram. So Yeah, I think that's great. And you're saying the things that they're going through and they're thinking, but they're too afraid to say. And um, so you're kind of creating that space for them to, I'm to say that. I'm just gearing up to hold the space for other people and I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. Um, like mm-hmm. I'm still a little wounded myself and, and vulnerable. So I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for a time and like working on being able to hold that space again. Cause I know it's going to, people are going to want to talk. I know they're going to want to engage and I want to yeah. be able to be there for them. So, yeah. 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 I think that's great. Like, I think there's so much of an emphasis on this whole, like, be on social media all the time and, you know, be consistent and all that stuff. And I personally don't agree with it. Like I have my own mental health challenges and I've had to step away and I think it's great to step away. And um, whether it's like for mental health reasons or something different, like, and I, I firmly believe that you have a personal brand without social media. Social media is a great tool. It can help you connect you with you know, exponentially more people, but you as Dakota, you haven't been online in 18 months. You still have a personal brand. Your business is still running. You're getting referrals. Yeah. That's your brand still working for you. That's your, right. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah, so, no, it really is. And sorry, Alyssa, I, um, I'll <laughs> let you have the floor. No, it's totally, I think, yeah, go ahead and finish. Cause Sorry, we do this all the time. We talk over one hour. It's such an interesting topic of conversation. I love it so much because I've been teaching my clients about personal brands for so I've been running my business for five years too, Kristen. Congratulations and happy. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, I like I've worked with everybody from realtors to athletes to like actually a lot of men. Um, And it's always the men that are like, personal brand, that's fluffy. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have a personal brand. <laughs> and so anyway, all that to say that, yes, absolutely. It starts with you and social media. Yes. It's all about consistency and frequency as well. And your three C's very much apply to social media as well. But what people want and, and what's so beautiful about social media and what's such a positive about social media is it's still he- very humanistic and you shouldn't ever approach social media in a, in a non-human way. So if you need to to step off and you're gonna and you have twenty thousand followers and you're like, hey, I'm just gonna be taking a mental break. Like it's like your personal relationships. If people don't agree with it, well, they can stop following you, and it's mm-hmm. not gonna hurt you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And people relate to it. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I see people come on and they're like apologetic. And I think I've been apologetic too sometimes. And oh, you're you don't. It's like, you don't necessarily owe the platform or or these people anything. Like, it's nice that they feel that they're, that, you know, they're, they can expect to see you and that you can show up. And there's that, um, that that's a way of certainly building trust, but there's ways just to say like, Hey, this is me. I'm going to be on here when I can be on here and not when I'm not on here. 
And I, you know, I hope that you do the same for yourself too. Yeah. And sometimes I think we, we think people care more than they do. Like mm-hmm. some people are like, Oh, I've been off for a week. And I'm like, I didn't notice. Cause yeah, like, exactly. I'm not on this every day either. Like sometimes I think we think too much of ourselves, but speaking of social media and from a branding perspective, and I mean, obviously we sort of talked about the Instagram and getting on video and stuff, but the platform that I struggle, especially as a B2B. And I think, um, if you're not, I, I have my personal feelings about social. If you're not a B2C business, that it's not, like being on Instagram outside of just yourself. Um, you're not going to, it's not, it's not trend. It's, it's not, there's no, it's not the ROI there that you would if you were selling widgets or something. So mm-hmm. the, the platform that's the B2B sort of like standard is LinkedIn. And I think it's a platform we, many people suck at, including me, um, because I don't quite understand. I mean, I understand its purpose. I just don't understand how to use it. and use it from a personal branding exercise or even as a promotional exercise. But I know like you even, you have courses on LinkedIn. So how, how did you discover the, like the nugget of how to use (laughs) LinkedIn? (laughs) Because I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was, I was in the same boat and I was just like, Oh, LinkedIn is like so stale and I was not interested in all. I think I had uh, like a really dead uh, profile for years. And then when I did launch Avro, what I, what I did is I really flushed out my profile and I actually spent time filling it out. And like within a week, a, some, a recruiter from like a big company in Calgary reached out to me and literally like with a job description, that was my dream job. And I was like, And I almost like said goodbye to Avro because I was like, how did you get in my head and and write this? Like, this is, this is for me. Like I, this it's working with like communications and operations. Like I love that space. Um, But I I ultimately just decided to move on from it. But the thing about doing LinkedIn is the rules of it, of other platforms. And we're bringing like what we think we know about other platforms to LinkedIn, but it's its own thing. And there's this really cool inbound um, effect that it has. And so in, in two big ways. So the first is that your profile and your company page rank really well in Google search. So they always are on the first page. Typically it's the top three. Um, for me, like I've put uh, like done exercises in personal brand. I've got, um, news coverage from CTV, global, other podcasts, things like that. My LinkedIn profile comes up first. So people are Googling your name when they're going to hire you as a consultant, uh, when they want to bring you in for an interview, that kind of thing. If they're just curious and your LinkedIn profile comes up. So that's how they're going to find you. And then when you go into the search bar within LinkedIn, it has its own search algorithm and it's really keyword um, based. So that's how this recruiter found me was the keywords that I had just unknowingly put in my profile. I didn't understand that keywords were even a thing at that time, but that's how we had connected. And so then I was like, maybe there is a little, there's something to this. And um, so... So when you say like, I don't know how to do it, I'd say 
I think you do know how to do it because you you've got a presence and I I see your stuff on there and you're, <laughs> my, you're posting and my very random postings on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. But um it seems to you random because it's not as um uh, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to think of like disciplined as maybe you are in yeah. other areas of your work or you know with other platforms, but it comes across as like you're an active player on there because so few people are. Right. Um, before the pandemic, the, the stat was less than one percent of active users are actively actually pro, uh, creating content on there. People are still using that one percent stat. I suspect it's gone up a little bit, yeah, uh, because of the pandemic, and you know, it has more people yeah, are on there, and certainly more, more active. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, like if you're going to create content, like it's going to get seen. It's not necessarily that people are always going to comment on it because there's this mindset of this is like an elevated, more professional platform. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the people that have connected with me on LinkedIn and hired me, I had no idea they were even watching or like they didn't like a single post. They didn't make a comment, but they landed in my inbox. Interesting. Which is really interesting too, I think. See, I haven't met, I haven't made that leap. So no one has contacted me on LinkedIn aside from creepy men in the messages. Um, so I hear this all the time. And not to say that like I'm like, why am I not getting the but I have never had a con like a, a referral or a lead or anything from LinkedIn. That's why I'm like, I don't think I'm doing it right. Interesting. Well, <laughs> I know. That is interesting. I would, um, yeah, I guess I'd have to take a look at your profile and see. I think it could be something going on in your settings too. Okay. One of the interesting things about LinkedIn is the power that you have, which I think is really cool. It's really overwhelming when you get in there at first because you go through this, you know, and you're used to like Instagram settings and it's like private profile or public profile, like toggle one way or the other kind of thing. Like, there's not a lot of options. Whereas in LinkedIn, there's a lot of options <laughs> and it's kind yes. of overwhelming, but I think it's, it's empowering too. Um, so it could be something to do with how you're allowing yourself, people to connect with you. Uh, if you're limit, if you've limited how you're showing up as well, then your ability to show up in searches. Okay. It could be a couple of those things. It could be, you know, you want to have like, look at your profile as a webpage. So you want to say to people like, connect with me about X, Y, and Z, because there's like such a range of people on there. There's the people that are really afraid to creep. Like they don't want to be seen as, um, oh no, like they're going to think I'm stalking them. If I show up in the, you know, who's viewed your profile. Yeah. I've gotten to the part where I'm like, hey, I viewed your profile. Like, check it, check me out. Um, this is a social network kind of thing. Um, but most people are are you know kind of more timid that way. And so they might be like, oh, she looks really cool, but I'm too scared to connect with her or send her a DM or something. She's she's probably like too big for me and my business, where you want to like make it warm for people to reach out to you. Okay. And then there's the whole spectrum of the other side where you mentioned men are reaching out to you for dates like super inappropriate things. But what I do like about LinkedIn and I've created uh, within my course, it's called Opportunity Magnet. I'm uh, beta testing it right now. And one of the new things that I've added to it is a safety and privacy part because 
this is happening, mm-hmm. but there are things you can do about it. So report block immediately when that happens. Um, and LinkedIn is working to use like artificial intelligence to try to help mitigate this problem. They're aware of it. They're actually trying yeah. to do something about it. Whereas other platforms, I don't think they care that it's happening. No. Um, whereas LinkedIn is like, we know this is happening. We don't want to lose all these women. It's super inappropriate. Report them and block them. And like, we're going to try to get them out of here. So I appreciate that about LinkedIn too. Yeah, it has. I will say it has come a long way. Like for those of us that have had a LinkedIn profile for like longer than Mm -hmm. ever care to admit. Um, (laughs) But I think it's just one of those things. And I mean, again, um, it's just another platform. And I think instead of lumping in the content that people put on their Instagram or their Facebook pages or whatever, that it's viewed differently. It's certainly, it's certainly just not like regurgitating content that you've put elsewhere. And that's what I mean. I, 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 we don't want to keep you too long because we know you have another um, meeting, but I do just want to give you kudos because you're the one person on that platform that I see that actually does videos and you go live on LinkedIn, which I think is amazing because I've seen no one else do that. So for you to sort of be the, the, uh, the leader in that area, I think is awesome because that's where I look to you like, holy crap, like that's totally impressive. I won't even go on live on Instagram, let alone <laughs> LinkedIn. So, I mean, that like, that's kind of your bread and butter, which I think is awesome. Well, thanks. I'm following you now. Yay. <laughs> um, that's amazing though, Kristen. And I, like, I do love LinkedIn because of, it doesn't have those algorithm restrictions. That's like the main kind of, and you can do a lot with a pretty, like a lot of people have a pretty large following on there and they forget that it's mm-hmm. a great, great spot to do stuff. But yes, you still have to be strategic about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, totally. Okay, so in order to wrap up, because we know you have another meeting um, and we're so happy you're so busy and congratulations on everything. Can't wait to hear about this new product you have coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you what book you're reading right now that you mm-hmm. want to share with the class or what mm-hmm. books are you reading right now? Yeah, so I I I've been really into audiobooks this uh this pandemic since the pandemic. pandemic. Say. Um, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm currently listening to some more fiction and I'm listening to The Henna Artist. I just started that. I'm still in chapter 1. Um but one of my favorite kind of personal brand or kind of business books is called Brag. It's oh. the art of tooting your own horn without blowing it, which I think is like such a great title. That's a great title. <laughs> yeah. And she talks about some a lot of the, the similar things that I talk about too, which is about, you know, taking stock of your accomplishments and learning how to talk about them in, you know, all kinds of different situations, whether it's a client meeting, if you're doing like a sales conversation on social media so that you have these things that you can talk about to build trust not to feel braggy and there is a way to do it. And I, we know that women are judged more harshly for, you know, being confident or for talking about their accomplishments. They're more so likely to be perceived as bragging, but let's, let's grant, give all other women permission to brag and own, you know, their accomplishments and let's learn to do it ourselves too, in a way that feels good to us. So that's, uh, those are a couple of books that I'm currently enjoying and have enjoyed in the past. 
That's awesome. I have so many clients who struggle <clears throat> to talk about themselves and have done some interesting exercises on coaching them through it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's shocking. Like these are exceptionally talented, talented humans. Yeah. Um, I'm like, but, but yeah, like you have to realize whatever reason extrovert too. Right. So that's a cool book mm-hmm. to check that out. And who's inspiring you right now? Mm, ooh. <sighs> Lots of people, especially right now, you know, it's those people that are showing up honestly about, you know, this is what I'm going through and this is what I'm dealing with, especially during the pandemic. Um, another person that really, um, inspires me through her work is someone named Dory Clark and she's a communications person as well. She's uh, a journalist. That's her background. And she kind of talks a little bit about personal branding as well and uh, and being able to to talk about yourself. And she's active on LinkedIn. Um, She is a gay woman and she's, I've seen her be misgendered on, on LinkedIn as well, but she's created a course about, um, you know, creating an inclusive uh, and working toward bias-free in the workplace and really being mindful of our LGBTQ um, colleagues. So uh, she's someone who really, really impresses me and inspires me on, on the regular. And what a, what a person to plug since it's Pride right now. Yes. <laughs> Pride week. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome awesome well Kristen thank you so much for joining us that was exceptionally enlightening and thank you so much for making the time absolutely thanks so much for having me and uh can't wait to hopefully see you both in person sometime (laughs) indeed (laughs) yeah Uh, all of Kristen's contact info and social handles will be in the show notes along with her book recommendation um for brag and uh, so go check out uh Kristen and Avro on Instagram and LinkedIn and all that awesomeness because yes, Kristen is amazing. So thank you and um, have a great long weekend. And uh, to all of our listeners, thank you. And we'll see you, on, or we'll not see you, but we'll listen, hear you. See, we'll see each other. That makes no <laughs> sense, but whatever. On the next episode of Ladies Who Lunch. Thanks. Happy Friday. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode.